fans, and welcome back to Holy Conversations, a podcast of the Wesleyan Covenant Association. We are so glad that you have joined us today. We're excited about our special guest that we have in store for you. But before we dive into that, Bob, it's so good to be in studio with you, even though we're across the country from each other. How are you doing today? Doing very well. Doing very well. Been uh, scanning our podcast results since we launched just about a month ago. So I wanted to give everybody a little bit of an update on the reach that we have had with Holy Conversations. So here's, I looked up the statistics this morning and today is, today is June 11th and this is going to post about a week from now. So it'll be even more by the time we post it. But to this point, we've had 3,398 downloads of our four existing podcast episodes. The average podcast gets about 140 downloads over a 30 day period. So we're smoking. It's awesome. (laughs) And uh, we we have touched people in 12 countries Mm. on five continents. We have 86 subscribers. Our largest episode, most downloads has been uh, with Keith Boyette on where things stand with the UMC and the WCA, but we're seeing more and more people come on board. So if you have not yet subscribed to the podcast, if this is the first time you've found it, we encourage you to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you find your podcasts because we're, we're getting a lot of traction. It's exciting to see where it's going. It really is exciting. And it's just such a fun way for us to connect with each other really around the world as we are looking at uh, Orthodox traditional Wesleyan Methodism. I'm just excited to hear that so many folks are uh, excited to hear what we have to say. There's a lot of buzz and we're getting a lot of great emails through our email at podcast at wesleyancovenant.org. So if you have a question or a comment or in particular, if you have an idea for a future episode, we're always looking for uh, topics for future episodes. We want to be able to address things that you're interested in. Make mm-hmm. sure that you contact us through podcast at wesleyancovenant.org and we will be sure to put that into the hopper. Oh, that's so exciting. Okay, so Bob, tell us about our special guest for the day. Well, today we are really excited to have Crystal Johnson join us. Crystal is director of the Delaware County Pregnancy Center uh, near Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and she is working on her Doctor of Restorative Theology at Evangelical Seminary in Myerstown, Pennsylvania. She's also a graduate of Rutgers and of Cairn University. She's a young adult lay member of St. Daniel's United Methodist Church and the Eastern Pennsylvania Conference. And she's a leader in the Eastern Pennsylvania chapter of the Wesleyan Covenant Association. That is a lot of stuff, Crystal. (laughs) And uh, we were talking about this before we jumped on, but give us your brief synopsis of what a doctor of theology and restorative theology is about? (laughs) Well, the focus of restorative theology is trauma and transformation. And it's just basically the different theodicies we have. How do we, you know, find God in the midst of trauma and trouble? And um, what are our our defenses to that? And how do we help people heal and ultimately turn back to Christ during such tragic times? Wow. That's some great stuff. And you have an incredible story. You are you are a busy person, it sounds like to me. Very busy, very, very active and uh, out there in the, not only in the world of theology, but in the practical world of 
of being with people who are in trauma and crisis themselves. I mean, working at a pregnancy center, I imagine that's what you see quite a lot. So tell us more about yourself and your faith journey. Sure, sure. Thank you. Um, I would love to. And um, before I tell you more about who I am, I just want to say that I am happy to be here with you guys. And I'm so grateful that you're sharing your platform and viewership with me. Um, like you said, Bob, my parents, they directed my Christian education through my local church. That is where I grew up and I have grown to know and love the Lord for myself. And I'm still learning about him as I pursue my doctor of theology at Evangelical Seminary. But what people don't know about me is that, you know, even though as expected, I was saved, confirmed, baptized as a child. God met me at the age of 13 and he changed my life. I was writing, doing one of the very things that I love to do. And it was at this sudden moment that I realized that my way with words, this gift to speak and write, it was all a gift from God. You know, it began to click in my head, my heart, and even my hands that, you know, who God was in my life, what he was doing in my life, and how he purposed my life. That is what charted a course that destined and determined me to speak about Jesus for the rest of my life. Oh my gosh, I love hearing about that and what a gift that has been to so many people. Uh, so along with that, your journey has included uh, the Wesleyan Covenant Association. So tell our listeners, why did you decide to become a member of the WCA? Well, Stephanie, I'm currently the um, vice president of our local chapter. I'm serving under amazing and incredible leader, um, our president, Reverend Joe DiPaolo. But um, to answer your question, Stephanie, I had no choice. <laughs> God <laughs> the desire to be a part of the WCA in my heart. You know, with all that was going on in the United Methodist Church, I found myself spiritually homeless and hungry. It was the WCA that pursued me with invitation after invitation. And it wasn't even just for membership. It was in pursuit of a genuine friendship. Um, so I was still too concerned about what everybody else was thinking about me joining to even realize that um, the Wesleyan Covenant Association was just what I needed. Um, I guess it wasn't until sometime like last year, it was in the summer that I decided to stop resisting and I became a member. You know, I would love to say that I became a member because the WCA respects all people, which they do. I would love to say that I became a member because they uphold scriptural authority because they do. But um, I honestly became a member and found out that this is exactly where God wanted me to be because I finally said yes to a desire he had put in my heart. Hmm. So tell us a little bit about your work at the pregnancy center. What does that Con consist of because that that fascinates me and and I know that's that's vitally important work I, and I say that because I'm an adopted child myself so sure. so I'm very interested in in hearing about that kind of work so briefly tell us about that too yeah it's rewarding work one of the things that we do is we um we offer medical services to women and that includes helping them make life decisions and what that requires is you know we give them ultrasounds we give them pregnancy testing just to um confirm their, their pregnancy. And then we walk them through their options. It's not about taking a choice away from a woman. It's about increasing her options, giving her the support and standing in where um, she's needed. And also helping her find resources through, um, through churches. I, I personally believe that the church has everything people will need um, if they come together and support each other in community. And so we do that. We help get a yes and a positive life decision. And then we help with a life plan. What that means is we continue to alleviate every pressure a woman has to abort and we bring the church in to support her every step of the way if it's child care 
somebody's at home that wants to babysit or somebody has a connection to a daycare, somebody can afford to cover her childcare expenses. If someone is trying to go back to school or go to work, somebody's a teacher, I have educational psychologists on staff. You know, we want to be, you know, a positive reinforcement to, um, to every positive life choice that a woman makes. And there are times a woman says, no, you know, thank you for your help, but I'd like to have an abortion. And we still choose to wrap our arms around her and love her because we never want her to go through um, what she's about to go through again. And we also know that there's going to be healing um, that she needs later on. It might be the next day she comes in to talk to us. And it might also be 20 years from now. We get women that come in 20 years um, later. And so we, all, we always want to be open. We always want to love people well, um, despite what they choose. Wow. That's that, that is really the church at work. And I know it's probably not, well, it is a church related. Is it church related? It is a church related ministry. Wow. And that's the church being the church, right? And, and you're at the forefront of that. And wow, that's, and I imagine when people meet you, because in our brief interaction, we I'm like, man, this, this person is a bundle of energy. Crystal is just a bundle of energy. Uh, it's exciting to see um, that you're involved in that right on the front lines with people every day uh, in, in ministry in a powerful way. And you've also been a delegate. Yes, I have. <laughs> You've been a delegate to the 2016 and 2019 general conferences. And, um, and I just love your enthusiasm because it's contagious. Mm -hmm. But in 2019 at general conference, and I was there, I was in the press box about a thousand miles above the floor there in St. Louis. And we heard over and over again that young adults will not be part of a church that holds a traditional view of sexual ethics or a traditional view on a whole host of things, both theological and practical. And yet we're speaking with you. <laughs> I, I, I am not a young adult. Stephanie probably could still qualify as one. I am, I am definitely not one anymore. So, but how did you respond when you heard that from the floor. I mean, there you were, and uh, and and certainly there are others in the same situation. What what did you hear, and how do you respond to that? Okay. Well, tell your audience because they can't see me, but my head got to shaking. Like, oh yes, they will. And, <laughs> <laughs> I honestly think that those are ludicrous and untrue statements. Um, and I'm not just speaking for myself. I can think of a whole bunch of young adults at Asbury Theological Seminary that are on fire for God and are fervently preaching about the Jesus of the Bible. Mm -hmm. And at a recent NEJ meetup, I um, met so many young and talented. Christian artists and ministers that were committed to teaching and preaching biblical truths. Um, I'm most impressed with the young people at the um, Western Pennsylvania Conference. They are holding it down for young adults because so many of them are living out traditional values. That, that Western Pennsylvania, right? There, there it is again, Stephanie. That's right, I know. <laughs> with great people come from Western Pennsylvania. I love that. Well, kind of piggybacking on that, Crystal. So last year you gave an address to the Eastern Pennsylvania chapter of the WCA, and it was called A Millennial's Vision of a Global Church. So I would love for our listeners to share, to hear from you sharing that vision with us and also just to connect with that. What do you really want or are hoping for in the new Methodism? 
Yes, um, that was such an incredible experience. Um, people came from all over the jurisdiction actually to hear me, Keith, and a few others speak. Um, at the event, I reminded everyone that we were a fellowship of both um, spirit-filled believers and that we understood what Christ accomplished through his life, death, and his resurrection. Um, I also told them that because of who we are and what we know, that we should delight ourselves in making disciples of Jesus Christ and that we should also burden ourselves with the duty of upholding the truths of scripture. You know, I personally, I desire a church that is focused on Revelation 7 and 9 and is making a way for all people to come together in Christ on earth so that we can celebrate our King Jesus forever. Um, I'd love to tell you more, but I'm not going to because I am a part of an amazing lineup of speakers at the Wesleyan Covenant Association's fifth global gathering at Greater Church in Montgomery, Alabama. Oh, Breaking Saturday. news. Breaking news right here. And I want you to tune in. <laughs> you heard it first right here. I love that boy. I'm excited to just hear all about that. That's going to be fantastic. So uh, just thinking through that as well, what, what word of encouragement would you give to folks who are wanting that same thing for Methodism? Like, I love it when you say we're going to delight ourselves in following after Christ, but we also have this duty of upholding scripture. So tell us, give just our folks a word of encouragement, like, hey, here it is. I say that we're, um, so keep fighting and to know that people are working behind the scenes. Um, the WCA is um, not just an organization, it's actually people. We are, we are being the church, not the building. We're actually reaching out to people. So, um, you know, go to the website and look for your chapter president and say, hey, you know, I need to speak to someone like Crystal, who's a young adult, or I need to speak to someone else. Help me find my, you know, community that somebody needs to gather around because I feel like I'm all alone. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to let you know you're not. <laughs> there are people out there. If you reach out to us, we're willing to, to be your friend. And I can just be your friend, be your, be your family. And, um, and, and so I think that's the most incredible thing about the ministry so far. Mm -hmm. Let me pivot a little bit. Uh, and let's talk about, we've talked about a little bit about the future. And I'm excited to hear you at the global gathering. I did not know they haven't released the lineup of speakers. So we have, again, that's breaking news. So we're excited. Uh, it's going to be great. So we're excited about that. It's going to happen at the end of October. I believe it's October 31st mm -hmm. in Alabama at yeah. Fraser Memorial, and it'll be widely broadcast and, and people can live stream that. So you'll be able to hear Crystal in person. I'll be interested to see who the other people are lined up at this point. They haven't even told us on the council yet. So who knows <laughs> what's happening. So, so that's exciting, but there's a lot of stuff that's happening now. And we're not only talking about the coronavirus and all the stuff that's going on with that. We're all kind of aware of that 24 seven, but we also have had over the last couple of weeks, once again, uh, a confrontation with our nation's history of racial injustice our continuing failure to bring lasting change in that area of our national life, and even in many ways in our church life. Mm -hmm. And you're a, a young adult, an African-American, a millennial, an active lay member and leader in the church. You're a leader in our movement, the Westland Covenant Association. What are you seeing and experiencing in the midst of this? And what does a church need to hear and what do we need to be saying and doing to help bring about real change? 
Yeah, um, Baba is reflecting on that. I don't even know where to begin with answering that question, especially since I've seen and have felt a lot these past couple of weeks. You know, as a leader, I'm expected to present only my best self. As a friend, sometimes there's pressure to agree, so I have to tread lightly. And even as an individual, I have to bully myself into getting it together, even when I'm feeling completely undone by what's going on in the um, in the nation and the world. What I um, I need is a, a safe space to you know be honest and have some discourse about what will lead to to change or people to say, you know, and it's okay to cry over the things that you know Jesus probably would have cried about. So when I um, am asked the question of what the church needs and how it can bring about real change, my response is, well, it depends on what you mean when you, just, you use the word real as an adjective for change. You know, um, along with the outcries for justice, protests have occurred all across the nation. Um, both civilians and officers have been killed in response. Businesses have been vandalized. Our cities are burning, buildings destroyed, cities and historical sites have been damaged. Um, there's also been a move to defund our police. So whether we like it or not, things are really going to change. But for an African-American, um, change isn't structural for us. It's social and it's systemic. And as a black Christian, you know, I hope that our global church will not turn a blind eye to, you know, all the other racism and racial tension that is apparent and abounds in other places in the world. You know, so therefore, I think that the church really needs to define what real change means and then work towards it. And I think that the church can accomplish this by listening intently. Now, let me define what listening intently means. Intently means listening for the purpose of learning how to get along. <laughs> These churches need to create spaces for open and honest conversations where someone can say, this is not okay. I'm not okay. And this is why. You know, it's going to be uncomfortable. People are going to probably say things to offend, but it's enough is what it takes to be able to build compassion and also build a capacity for real change. I think so often we're searching for the right language, mm -hmm. but we're not always searching for the right listening mm -hmm. and how to listen in the midst of that. So how, how would you steer people toward getting into situations where they can, they can listen more intently? I mean, I, I know there are purposeful ways to do that, but I'm thinking about the person who's kind of sitting there going, all right, I'm in, I'm in my isolation of, of coronavirus and, and I'm watching all this happen and I wanna, I, wanted, I wanna be able to listen well. How do I, how do, I do that? Is, do you have anything to, to guide people in the midst of that? Okay, well, what I, what I really appreciated was several of my friends reached out to me and just said, can I hear your perspective? And to be honest, wanting to hear my perspective is how I became a member of the United Methodist Church. Wanting to hear my perspective is how I became a member of the WCA. And um, you know, being able to partner with uh, people who are, um, who are not my race at a time where there's so much racial tension, um, a big icebreaker is saying, hey, can I just hear your perspective? Even if you want to text it, I got a text, I got an email. And then someone said, can we Zoom? And you know, all of that led to a phone conversation about what I was thinking, what I was feeling, and where to go, where to go from there. That's just so helpful, Crystal. I, I really appreciate uh, your insight, your vulnerability, and, and just your encouragement in this time, because just like you said a while ago, we really do have to pull together 
as the church of God and, and be an example for those. So as we are uh, thinking about wrapping things up here, tell me any final thoughts you have about any of the things that we have talked through today. Yeah. I want to come back. <laughs> <laughs> we want you to come back. <laughs> um, yeah. Like I'd love to tell you more about my, um, my doctoral journey. I actually, um, it clicked to me that I have a, um, counseling, um, I created a counseling model and mm-hmm. I'll be, um, uh, working towards publishing it so I can share that. <laughs> wow. That's super exciting. Well, and as you continue on in, in your doctoral program, what are the things you hope to be using from that in your current state of ministry? Cause I'm curious about that. I think that, um, I want to be able to, um, build bridges. There's a lot of, um, tension, not even just racial tension, but you know, um, issues with, um, police issue between clergy and laity. And, um, how do, how do we become one, one body and how do we function as, um, as one? And so I'm really learning how to, um, is right now is U.S. focused, but I'm also thinking because I'm a part of a church that has a global focus. How do you make that something that transcends across continents? Mm-hmm. Mm. Now, Crystal, I don't know this, but are you a delegate to the 2020 general conference as well? Yes, and I hear I'm now a 2021 delegate. Is that correct? That's correct. (laughs) I was still using the official designation, I think. (laughs) The other part of it is I don't really know what year or day it is on any given moment. So (laughs) so that's part of the reason why I said that. You're going to be there at General Conference 2021. So so you're looking at the protocol. You're you're looking at all that. What, What are you hearing from fellow delegates? I mean, I know there's a lot of different perspective and they're in the Eastern jurisdiction, Northeastern jurisdiction. There's a lot of different perspectives and you're, you're talking across lines with people about change in the church. We've talked about so many changes going on, not only with, you know, uh, with race, with, with uh, virus, with, with theology, with all that kind of stuff. What are you hearing and, and how are you approaching that? Cause we don't often get to talk to people who are actually delegates. Mm-hmm. How are you approaching that as a delegate and the delay and what are you doing using that to prepare for uh, to 2021? Okay. So there's comes a point where you have to stop listening to other voices. I used to engage in every conversation, but I'm to a point now that I am ready to be a part of whatever is birthed through the um, WCA. And so um, I, everyone has drawn their line. I've drawn mine and I stay in my, stay in my range. Um, and I'm focused on what our future will look like. And I'm focusing on how it can, it'll be a faithful future. And I'm just, um, I'm really, I'm, re, I'm actually recruiting. I'm like, are you on our side or, <laughs> or, or, or not? I, I'm not even, I hope that doesn't even come off wrong, but I, I'm to a point now where I, I'm ready for what's next and I'm focused on what's next. The delay um, doesn't do anything but give us more time to get um, to get better and to discern further. And so um, I know some people um, are like, choose this and choose that. I've already made a choice. I'm already a part of a plan and I'm sticking with it. Mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of people in that situation just kind of and, and on all sides of this that are just waiting for the ability to execute the plan. Mm-hmm. And and to move into the to the new thing and be excited about that, 
And, and I'm, I'm so anxious to hear, I know you don't want to give away the store uh, about what you're going to share in, in, uh, in Alabama at Fraser Memorial in October. So I won't, I won't push you too hard on that, but I am more interested in, in what, what kinds of, give us a, give us a little highlight of, of one thing, because I just want to know one thing that you're going to say that when people who listen to this will hear it and go, I remember that. And I'm excited about it. One thing you want to say that you're excited about with the global church. Okay. So I'm going to say that it is going to be radical. Done. I'm hoping it gets approved. I'm sure it will. But I'm I'm actually just going to be pulling in a lot of different resources to um, um, my instead of telling you about my topic, I'm going to be demonstrating my topic. Oh, yeah. So I I can't give it away because if I give it away, then you're like I don't have to listen because it's it's so um, it's so poignant. So so I just know that I'm going to be doing a lot more demonstrating than I will be doing speaking. Okay, mm-hmm. anticipation. Anticipation yes. is mm-hmm. what we'll be doing as we wait for this new, but we're just so excited to have someone who has the enthusiasm that you have that gives us a, a different a vision from, from a young person's perspective and, uh, and also from the perspective of, of uh, the African-American perspective. We're so excited about your leadership in the church mm-hmm. and, uh, and what you bring to this process. And I know we're going to see some exciting things happen with you as a leader in the movement in the future. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's encouraging. Well, we're coming to the close of our time together. And uh, I want to remind you that if you have comments or questions, please send those to us at podcast at wesleyancovenant.org. You can also leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. We're building our viewership, not viewership, they're not watching us, they're listening to us, but we're building our listenership and we encourage you to share that with everyone you come in contact with who wants to know more about the WCA. It's especially important because we're getting into annual conference season. We're doing our annual conference online. I don't know, what, what are you all doing for annual conference, Crystal? I believe it's gonna be in person. Wow, interesting. Stephanie, how about you? Ours will be in person, but not till November. November. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're doing a two-day online annual conference, which is like Zoom on steroids. And I, I <laughs> am not looking forward to that at all because no. as confusing as annual conference already is, it's going to be even more crazy. Uh-huh. But let us know uh, what's going on with your annual conference or if there are ways that we can be supporting you, send your questions, all that, podcast at wesleyncovenant.org. Subscribe to the podcast, share it with everyone, even those who may not be WCA connected but want to learn more. This is a great way to do that and to stay connected. Mm -hmm. Crystal, I want to thank you again for joining us today. Um, I am fired up as a result of this conversation, and Mm -hmm. I cannot wait to hear what you had to say, but I also cannot wait to see uh, where you are in leadership as as we move forward. So thanks again for joining us. And we'll see you next time on the Holy Conversations podcast, the podcast of the Wesleyan Covenant Association. We'll see you then.